Michigan on the football field. We don't want a coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome, everybody. Episode uh, 14, Buckeye Bar Guys. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We are here on Buckeye Bar Talk. Um, we are going to review the, the big win for Ohio State. Um, they won 52-17 against uh, Nebraska. Um, we both are uh, claiming victory over that, as in our predictions last week. Uh, John had uh, 52-13, so he uh, got the, the Ohio State score right, and I was 41-17, so I got the Nebraska score right. So how are you doing tonight, John? I'm good, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's it's good that we each got a little, we got a half of that score right each. So yeah. uh, nothing like, you know, a tie the first week of the season, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, we got Buckeye football this past Saturday. So it was great. It was good to see a good win. Yeah. Um, pretty excited uh, about the victory. Um, a lot of things that we both liked about the game. Uh, there are some issues that uh, we'll discuss tonight. Tonight's all going to be about uh, just breaking down the, the game, uh, just trying to throw a video together. Uh, so we're doing it over Skype tonight. Uh, just something uh, just something we can throw out there to, since we couldn't get together this evening. Um, so um, I uh, just wanted to start with Justin Fields. I mean, the dude was, I mean, basically perfect. I mean, <laughs> I mean in reality, he was perfect. Uh, even though he's it shows up just 20 of 21 his incompletion happens to be a a, a drop pass by Chris Olave it wasn't an easy catch because uh you know how Olave fell i mean i, I don't blame Olave for dropping that pass i mean that was, that was a hard fall but uh it's just crazy to think that yeah a drop touchdown pass is fields is only incompletion of the day oh and that i mean that ball would have put him over you know 300 yards passing too so yeah that was a that was a big one it was a it was a good ball I mean it was definitely catchable Chris made a play on it just unfortunately you know he he didn't come down with that but that's all right 20 of 21 I guess it's okay it's not perfect but uh you know I guess I guess we can accept that performance from Justin Fields yeah he threw uh he had 276 yards passing um was the 13.1 average and uh, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then on top of it, he, he ran the ball 15 times for 54 yards, a three-and-a-half average, and another touchdown. So, I mean, uh, Justin Fields definitely uh, started his Heisman campaign because he was uh, he was on fire yesterday. Yeah, there were times that uh, it kind of seemed like he was the running game, too. That I mean, he was really helpful trying to get that running game going at different times. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, I think that's one of our biggest concerns is the running game. But um, yeah, overall, like, um, just I mean, it was. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the game. Um, I mean, I think we both have some issues with the defense, but I think a lot of it. Um, I mean, you also kind of got to remember, and I think maybe I was a little hard yesterday on some stuff, but uh, I mean, first game of the year, and not only on top of that, it's just. They had such a weird practice schedule this year. You, you're not normally opening up against Nebraska. And when you add on top of it, 
you know, they got good players, they got a good coaching staff, and you really don't have uh, much to go on at all, and you haven't got to practice much, at least in the, the type of practices that you're used to. Well, and that's the thing. You didn't get a real camp with practices. I mean, essentially what they got is pre- during season practice because they got class during the day. So, you know, that's that's what they got is kind of like when you and I were in high school and we had practice after school for the day. That's that's what yeah. they're getting. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be hard because you definitely, you know, those camps, that is so beneficial and it's just so necessary to get you ready for the upcoming season. Yeah. And, you know, even Ryan Day, um, not this past week, but the following week, I mean, he said in his press conference two weeks ago that, you know, they were still not really working on Nebraska at all. They were more working on their fundamentals. So, I, right. mean, I mean, you think about it if in an opener, you know, I mean, that whole month of August, yeah, you're working on uh, you're working on fundamentals, but you're also working a lot on your opener. So especially your last two weeks before the season starts. So the fact that they were really just they weren't really even starting probably looking at Nebraska until this past week. And, and it showed in a lot of ways, especially on defense. I mean, I thought they were actually really vanilla when you kind of went back. I, I went back a little bit last night and watched back through some of the game and yeah. some of the highlights. And there was just, I mean, you could tell they were van, they were more vanilla than I think a lot of people are giving them credit for. No, I, I'd agree with that. And I, I rewatched a little bit too. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I, I made the mistake of watching it as a spectator again as a second time. So I didn't take the time really to, you know, look at one person or look at one position group and break down what they were doing. But I, I mean, I feel like I got a good, you know, feel idea of what I saw went wrong, but I completely agree with you. I don't think they were showing anything, you know, for Penn state. Um, and honestly, I think Nebraska kind of, and not to be insulting to their coaching staff or, you know, to their players, I think they kind of went into that game knowing that they were getting an L and they didn't show anything to anyone either. Cause yeah. I mean, I can't imagine their entire game plan. The entire season is going to be quarterback runs. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's crazy. When you go back and think about it. I mean, they, I mean, the only, the only passing play that I even remember going towards the corners was just off the top of my head is the one that Wade breaks up. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, do they even really challenge the other side? I mean, I, I now I think, I mean, the only thing I can really remember, of course they hit the tight ends a couple times down the middle of the field. The only thing I can remember them throwing was they threw a couple like little out, you know, patterns that one went to Wandale Robinson when he was in motion. I remember that one. And then there was another one that Dallas Gant broke up because Dallas Gant made like two plays right in a row. He made a yeah. tackle and then he broke up a pass. Um, he dove for it, but those are really the only two I can really remember them, you know, testing the outside of the field. So if it wasn't the tight end, just down the seam, it was like all they wanted to do was run with the quarterback. So I don't, I don't know Ohio State's going to see much of that the rest of this year. And I don't know if Nebraska is really, if that's going to be their game plan moving forward. So I'm not sure. Like, I think they both were kind of vanilla and they didn't really want to show what they had in their arsenals to the future competition. Yeah. Um, so just kind of going through some of the, just the box score. So we'll start with the running game. I mean, that's, I think on offense, that's definitely going to be our biggest concern with the offensive line a little bit, but I want to kind of caveat that with the offensive line. Um, but we'll start with just the running back. I mean, to start this game off, I mean, it wasn't that the backs 
were awful. It was just that they just are not running with the type of authority that I'm expecting either one of yeah. them to. And it was on those third and shorts, and that's where it was really noticeable. And I'm not saying that either one of these guys are J.K. Dobbins because they're not. But when like Master Teague, when he was like in the goal line with goal to goal, I mean the dude puts his shoulder down and runs somebody over. And right. but when he's trying to get third and two or third and three, whatever it was, I, I mean, he gets stopped at two yards because, and like, why aren't you running with the same just authority and yeah. ran with the goal line? I don't, I don't think Master Teague has that shiftiness that, you know, we've grown accustomed to over the years. Even Carlos Hyde had that, you know, that yeah. um, Mike Weber to some degree had it. Of course, Zeke and Dobbins were both, they're both great running back. So they had it. I just, I don't know. Master Teague has that ability to go laterally and still keep his body like moving at top speed going forward, if that makes sense. So I think a lot of those ones on the third and ones that we saw, you know, there was some pressure that got through the line of scrimmage and that took him off that downhill run that he tried to make someone miss and he just couldn't get his body going again. And that might just be that from the Achilles injury that he doesn't have that push off to accelerate, you know, off yeah. that leg. But that's what it seemed a lot to me. It was like, if anything got disrupted behind the line of scrimmage, he just, he didn't, he wasn't able to power through, which of course, you know, you were talking about that goal to go touchdown run that he had, that he just completely ran somebody over. And you kind of say, you know, why couldn't he have done that on third and one a couple of times? Um, and I really, I mean, I don't have a good answer for it, but it just, it seems like when it comes down to, you know, is he quick enough to make those shifty moves to make a guy miss and still get through the hole? I'm not sure that he is. He might just be your completely, you know, downhill runner that you just you need your line to whoop some ass for him to get going yeah yeah i agree with that um i just you know maybe maybe he also has to just have a little bit of the mindset that you know on those third and ones that that first down line is the touch just think of it as uh the end zone and yeah uh, i mean know, i think you he got, should you have been able there. to get it he should have been able to get that a couple those few times so I'm not, he's not off the hook because the line maybe didn't give him the best push whatsoever. Like I, I comment on that guy often that he's like the biggest dude on the field. Like he needs to put his head down and push some people away from him or push some people over. And then um, Sermon, I mean, the thing about Trey is just like, he had a couple short yards, things that he didn't pick up neither, but there's just not a lot that sticks out to me about him for yesterday in the game. And I think part of it that he wasn't used as much as I was expecting him to be used. And then Mm -hmm. part of it was that he was just kind of unremarkable in some spots. He did have, I think one or two good runs uh, in the second half. And Master Teague in the second half, things started opening up more in the second half. I just, I think the first half, it was a little like, it was just, disappointing that you weren't running them over coming off the bat, which I mean, maybe you should have expected a little bit more from Nebraska. Maybe we didn't give them, you know, enough props and what they had coming back or the size that they had in different positions. Uh, But both of them, I think had each had one good run to kind of bump up their average a little bit in that second half. I don't think either one of them average five Uh, yards a carry. Maybe Sermon did Sermon might've because he um, had a, no, he was at 4.4, and um, Teague was at 3.4. Okay, so, and what, Steel Chambers was at like eight yards per carry? 
Yeah. I mean, he only uh, four. He honestly, to me, he looked the best. Yeah. He ran the hardest. So, now, both Teague and Sermon got the ball again after Steele came in the game, and Steele had that one series that where he got like the first two or three runs, and mm-hmm. I mean, he looked really good on those runs. Do you think that was kind of like uh, was that day putting Steele in the game to be like, and that was just maybe the light of fire under the other two that hey, you guys because they both looked a little bit better after they came back after that. I mean, I'm not sure if it was necessarily with the mindset light a fire under these guys. He might have just saying, well, my first two options aren't working right now, so I got to go to option three. Like I need to, I need to get something going. I need to figure this out. So it might have been an honest like, all right, man or steal your time. It's your turn. So let's see what you got. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think steel was getting an honest look, but yeah, I think it was kind of the light of fire under them. And I think it worked. I mean, they ran better. Yeah. And I don't have a problem necessarily with Justin Fields having 54 yards on the ground. I mean, I want him, I want him to try to not run the ball as much, but quarterbacks that can run the ball, they're going to run the ball just naturally. I mean, they, they're going to take time, you know, where they want to run the ball. I, I think the couple of things I want to say about fields is that I don't have a problem with him running 54 times. It's just kind of when, you know, Sermon only has 48 and Teague only has 41 yards and the 54 stands out a lot more. And, you know, if he had 54 yards, but each one of those guys ran 80 plus yards, and maybe one of them got over a hundred yards. I mean, that looks a lot different. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I agree with that. It honestly, I don't know, maybe you feel differently, but to me, it didn't feel like they ran for over 200 yards as a team yesterday. No, it didn't feel that way at all. I was actually surprised. I, when urban urban in the post game said it, that, you know, Hey, you know, they were more balanced than, you know, I mean, they had 215 yards, you know, on the ground and 276 yards through the air. I'm like, I'm like, man, I didn't think they got to 200, but I mean, I didn't either. I did not think they got to 200 either. It didn't feel that way. And also to be fair to the running backs, I mean, at least two that I can remember, and it might be more than that. I can uh, right now remember two different times that Justin Fields actually messed up. If if that was a true read where, where he was supposed to read a guy, I mean, he should have tucked He should have actually kept the ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think they're like you said, two or three. I mean, I feel like three are standing out to me that the end was obviously crashing down on the running back and he still handed the ball off and he should have, you know, tucked that himself and went and they would easily picked up first downs or whatever. I mean, he could have could have got a touchdown for all we know. I don't know what the back side of that looked like, but definitely big gains that we didn't get because um, he didn't, you know, or that he did hand the ball off and he didn't do the correct read, but it might have not have been actual reads. Remember back when like Braxton, Braxton wasn't really the best at the read option. So it was like designed like it would look like a read, but you could tell he was either keeping or giving the whole way. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize a lot of times with those, that, that style of handoff, not every one of those times are reads. Sometimes they're just made to look like they're reads, right. like what you just said, but Sometimes they're literally just straight handoffs, but in that in that type of shotgun or um, you know pistol offenses, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two of them. And um, even though I mean it does kind of usually if it's a if it is a read, they normally somebody blocks doesn't block that defensive end coming down. So that's why I kind of think they were reads just because the guy was coming free. I mean, it could be just a messed up block, 
for all we know on the line too. Now on the lines part of it, I, I, I actually thought the line did pretty good. There's a couple things on the short yardage things that I did not like out of the line thing out of the off the lines part. But what we got to remember is that both Miller and MPF, I mean, these are their, were their first starts. Well, MPF, did he end up getting a start at the end of last year? He, um, yeah, he started against Northwestern because I think both Bowen and Allaby were hurt for that game. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, he's, he has started, but I, I, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, off or no, may, I'm, I'm sorry, maybe Munford was hurt for that game. So one of them had to go over to left tackle. Okay. MPF was in it right. And then I think Mumford even ends up still coming into that game because I don't think yeah, they were going he, did. To he had to come break. back. He was he was a game time decision and they held him out and then uh, they decided that he needed to play. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like Nebraska, I'm not. They have a huge line, so I'll give them credit for that for the defensive line because it is hard to move guys like that. Three fours, three fours are just sometimes they're difficult, you know. Yeah. You got linebackers come in different directions that you don't usually see them because you usually have a guy over top of you. So, I mean, I can I can give them the benefit of the doubt because it's not a formation that you see that often that maybe that's a little tricky for the first game out, especially, you know, Nebraska played pretty aggressive. Like, they blitzed quite a few times. Um, I mean, there was time I saw Harry Miller and Josh Myers both kind of, you know, did the old Olay move to uh, linebacker blitzing. And I, I saw Master Teague miss picking up a blitz at least one time. So, um, was yeah. I mean, it wasn't the most impressive, but I think it's definitely stuff that they can work on. I didn't see anything from there. It was like, oh my gosh, this team's like totally ruined. Cause I know those guys can run block. I know they can run block very well. So I'm not too worried. I think Harry Miller can run block very well. There's not, I just I don't have doubts that two five star linemen can pick it up. And I mean, they're both big, strong guys. I think they can move people in front of them. So I'm not too worried about that. I think we saw a lot of the same that we saw last year, though, as far as the sacks went. I think it's sometimes Justin Fields waits too long for someone to get open. And I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing I mean, like 20 for 21. He had a hell of a game, but yeah. um, I really wish sometimes you would see him start trying to like throw people open, you know, that he wasn't all, he's not always waiting for that step yeah. that someone now the, to be fair. And actually what I was going to say, so on the line, I, I thought the line could do better on the run game, but I actually thought they did fairly well in the past game. I mean, he stayed upright for a good chunk of the game. Oh, I mean, he, he had, well, he, he had all the time in the world to throw. And I mean, get, I think there know, was like, I think there was like one stack that I would blame the line and maybe, I mean, I think he was stacked a couple of times. I, there was I one that, four. I, there was one that I definitely blamed on him. And there was one I definitely blamed on the offensive line, but well, the, yeah, there's one that, um, linebacker it was a middle linebacker it took him it was at the play that they thought was a safety remember that yes. they just ran right by Harry Miller and Josh Myers yeah right um, so I mean I, I thought for the most part uh, off of the line did fine pass blocking I mean there's always going to be I mean it's, I mean you get sacks sacks happen um and we saw from last year with field sacks definitely happen I mean he's he's just that guy that I mean he wants to for his, you know, he for the ability to take off, he doesn't. He always that's always his last option. He's always got his eyes downfield looking for somebody open. And yeah. so, I mean, if you think about all the running quarterbacks we've had over the years, I mean, he's probably the. You know, I'm thinking all the way back to Troy Smith. He's probably the most patient out of all of them. That you know, where that he 
he'll take a sack more than just take off with the ball where, you know, I, I think with Smith, even though Smith was a, he, he held on probably, I would say out of the running quarterbacks, he was the next best at uh, being patient and waiting for a guy to come open. But I mean, even him, you know, once the pocket broke down, he was definitely not afraid to take off. And, well, you know, but, yeah. And I think that's why you go through a season with a regular season with one interception, you know, three yeah. total for a whole year. So if you want that type of output from him, you got to take the patience that comes along with it, that he doesn't just throw, you know, um, 50, 50 balls or, you know, throw high risk passes that he takes his time. He looks for the open ball and he throws the strike to get it in there. So, yeah. but no, I agree with your line assessment on that um, uh, as far as pass blocking goes, because he, you don't get that wide open that Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson wore unless you have the time for those guys to, uh, you know, yeah. beat their man. So, yeah, you that's just that's how it is. So and that's a, did a good job. And that's a good segue into the receivers. I mean where there was some question marks with the running backs. Uh, there's definitely no question marks with the wide receiver. The oh, only question no. mark really I have with the receivers is I hope Alave is okay. Like, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later too. Um, no, I, I mean, the one thing is Jamison Williams. I, it seems like they probably just told him run as fast as you can down the field is what his route was that he was running all day. But um, it seems like it took a lot of that, uh, that middle safety help with him because yeah. that Olave and Wilson, they were just open all day long. I mean, there was no one else there. Once they, once they beat their man, there was nothing but green next to them. So that's definitely and, a good sign for things to come. And we, and we talked about that, you know, a couple episodes ago. I mean, Juice Williams is, uh, or Juice, uh, you know, he's definitely the, he's the guy that is, uh, he's the Ted Ginn of the offense, Jameson. Um, So he's, uh, yeah, maybe it's not, maybe they don't have, maybe they don't need him to run a bunch of uh, elaborate routes. Just go long. If you go open, we have a quarterback that can hit you. And if you're not, you're going to clear a safety out. And uh, And he absolutely did. You could tell. And guys like Alave and Garrett Wilson are going to eat that apart. So, I mean, that was definitely a very, uh, very uh, evident in the game. Um, Now, I mean, talking about receivers, I mean, the two things that really stick out is just how, I mean, both Wilson and Alave had great games. I mean, Wilson went 7 of 129 for 18.4 and a touchdown. Uh, Alave was 6 for 104, 17.3. And if he uh, holds on to the ball, he has a touchdown, and they they pretty much have the same stat line if Olave holds on to that touchdown. Yeah, exactly. And then Jackson Smith and Nidra uh, had uh, maybe the best touchdown. That is maybe the best touchdown I've seen an Ohio State wide receiver make since Devin Smith's uh, one crazy one-ended grab. I mean, that's just, that's just something that's always going to be. You're always going to uh, that's always going to be shown. Uh, throughout the years and stuff. I mean, how he stretched that leg is so I, I still was mind boggling to me that, I mean, that he was able to stretch that far. I mean, because he's himself, his body is probably a good couple yards out of bounds. When oh he yeah. I, I've never, I've never seen anything like that where a guy's actually like out of bounds already and momentum's just pulling them further out of bounds. And they just had 
the awareness and ability to get those toes, like the what you know, the toes in from right or left. I can't remember, but he got his toes in, and I'm just like, I've that might be one of the best catches I had ever seen. Yeah, and that was early, was, and that just lets you know what that kid's all about too. Just he's yeah. already you already knew he was a great receiver coming in, but when you see him do stuff like that, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is that good of a receiver like he already understands the game that well like that's that's going to be big for years to come yeah we we have two texas wide receivers now that seem like they uh they know where the who are the who are the field ends and where they need to have their feet at i mean honestly and that's because you saw last year garrett wilson a you know a couple times with high point in the ball but none stick out like that clemson one where he had the awareness that he's like, I'm going out of bounds. My legs are going to get hit. And he got his arm down. So his hand yeah. was in bounds to put the catch in there. Yeah. And I mean, that, that has to burn Tom Herman's ass that he lost both of those guys. But I mean, honestly, can you think of in recent memory? And I know we've had some great receivers, but just like the total package when it comes to awareness of the field as well. Do you remember yeah. two guys that young understanding the position that well? No, I, know. I was, I was probably, I mean, I was a young, I don't think you were, yeah, you weren't born yet. And I was extremely young when Chris Carter played and that might have been, uh, I mean, I know they've had good receivers and Michael Thomas has a great awareness of the field and, you know, Devin right. Smith, I don't know if he Devin did Smith when he was 18, high point thing, uh, Devin Smith could high point stuff like crazy, but uh, yeah, I mean, those guys are probably the two guys that I think about being able to really be able to, you know, get their feet down and stuff. Um, but no, that was, that, that touchdown was just unbelievable. That, yeah, that was special. And you called it because, I mean, I thought he was definitely out of bounds. And uh, you're like, I, I think he got his foot down. <laughs> I'm just like, there's no way at all he got his foot down. Oh, I, I mean, that was like a go-go gadget leg. Like, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe he was able to do it. But, I mean, you can kind of see, you know, the like the dust drag up. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, I think he got his toes in. So yeah, yeah that, I mean, that was amazing to see. I couldn't believe that was one of the, like, I I know I just said this, but that was one of the best catches I have ever seen. Yeah. And that All was right, his so, first collegiate game. Yeah. All right. So we, before we move over to defense, um, I think the, the definitely the biggest issue we have is with the running game. So, I mean, what do you think? What, I mean, what is Ohio state? What do they need to just fix before, you know, going through now for the season to get that really going? I mean, cause I mean, I want, I mean, you got to get a back that's going to average. I mean, the 200 yards is great. And that's, they need, Ohio State should be able to get 200 yards rushing in their sleep with his, you know, between having fields and legitimate running backs. But they need a back that can get to 100 yards. So they need a back to establish himself. That, I mean, that, that's always going to be to me. I don't know. These guys, they're not Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. I mean, when you had Weber and Dobbins, they weren't Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. And even then, I feel like Georgia didn't switch them every series. I could be wrong, but because, yeah. you know, I don't watch a lot of Georgia football. Uh, I remember them in that Rose Bowl game. So, I mean, I could be wrong in that assessment, but I don't think they did. And that was just, that's always something that bothers me when they do this and they switch these guys way too often. Like, you got to let somebody get into the rhythm of the game and get themselves going. So firstly, I would like one to be the guy, one to be the backup. And I don't care how that goes. What Whoever gives you the best chance, that's what I want to see. Uh, secondly, you got to run meaner and, you know, just 
faster, stronger through the line of scrimmage. These guys, they were pad level was way too high on both of them going through the line of scrimmage. You got to put your head down. You got to get your pads down and you got to break that line. You can't be running half speed, you know, going through someone's interior line because you're not going to go anywhere. I mean, we saw a guy as strong and big as master Teague can't even get a yard on these guys. Like, and he's the one, you know, he's running into them, but he can't get a yard because he's running too slow or too high. One of the two. Um, so I think, and of course, you know, the line, they just be who you are. You guys are mean. You can run block. We all know that. So I think just, I think honestly, they just, they needed the repetitions against someone else. I don't, yeah. I'm not really scared about the run game until I see it a second third time that i feel like then it's something to be scared of but right now just because they couldn't get it going really against nebraska i'm not too concerned about it i think the offensive line will be fine i'm more concerned about the effort effort might be a bad word but just the ability of the running backs to you know launch themselves through the hole to hit that top speed going through the hole to get to that second level yeah yeah i agree with a lot of that i think the the biggest thing especially in in uh, regards to Teague, I, I just want somebody to kind of get to him. Maybe, maybe Coach Day, Coach Alford. They just need to talk to him and be like, you, you don't have to be J.K. You don't have to be, you know, Ezekiel Elliott from before that. You know, if you're, if you are just, you know, put your head down and you're going to get us five, six yards every time because you put your head down and you run really hard. And you know what? I can live with that because five, six yards is still, uh, that's a hell of a run. And you, oh, know, yeah, I don't you, need, you don't have to average seven yards. I don't need to, you don't need to make somebody miss. If you, if your thing is, I'm going to just run this dude, I'm going to run that linebacker over right there. Then go run that linebacker over and, uh, pick us up, you know, four yards. That's always, that's always what you want is four yards on a run because that puts you in a good third and short. And, you know, that's, that's what we were taught. Uh, you know, playing football. I mean, that's kind of the thing. And, you know, I think he easily just put your head down and run through there. Like, I, I mean, I remember back days like with Chris Wells and, you know, I mean, Wells had great breakaway speed, but he was never ne- necessarily the shiftiest guy. He, his was, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to get a full head, head of steam and I'm just going to run. I mean, kind of same. Um, And who's uh, the ex Alabama running back to place for Tennessee? Um, the tight end. Henry. Henry. I mean, that's kind of like Henry's philosophy. It's that yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna try to make a bunch of people miss. I'm just gonna get my get downhill as fast as possible, and I'm gonna you then you try to stop the freight train. And, right. And that's what well, I want Master Teague to be. And I think I mean Master Teague. He's I mean he's built like a freight train exactly. So if he runs like that, and you got someone that's you know coming around, and they just got an arm across the thighs or something like that. He's going to rip their shoulder out. I mean, he will yeah. get through those arm tackles and eventually, you know, you got to start t- teaching him how to use his arms, use a stiff arm when he's yeah. going into contact. I mean, he is so damn strong. He can get through these things. So yeah. I agree with you. And I know he's fast. I've seen him run. We've seen breakaway touchdowns for him. I know he can run. Of course, you know, he has that Achilles injury, which I don't know how that hampers him right now. Um, but I, I don't have doubts the kid could be good. Now, if you do want it to be more like Dobbins, though, maybe it's Trey Sermon to be your guy. And yeah. I, I wasn't very impressed with his speed either, but he definitely has a little bit more awareness with uh, trying to be shifty through the initial contact. 
And you yeah. and you could tell that. And he had a good run in the second half. I mean, I like I I think they're gonna be okay. If I see it against Penn State where it's like we can't move the ball, then I might start having some serious concerns. Yeah. All right. So defensive side of the ball, I, I think um you know, and defense, I was really hard on defense yesterday early. And, you know, you, you don't actually kind of think about how they really shirt a lot of things up later as the game went on. And they played oh, yeah. a lot better in the second half. Um, I think the biggest thing that really upset me about the defense is I keep on, okay, when you think about 2018, the one thing you think about 2018 defense is that they gave up a lot of, they had they had a lot of guys that were out of place. And they gave up a lot of home run touchdowns because somebody was not there that shouldn't have been there. Ohio State in that second Nebraska touchdown yesterday, they weren't like that at all. They were in the right places, but Nebraska just manned up on them and ran them over and marched it right down the field. And I don't like that. I mean, I will, I will bitch and moan about a bad defense that's just out of place and giving up easy touchdowns. I don't like when the other team looks like they're stronger than you. Uh, no, I know. That's something be Ohio State, you 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 can't be the strongest person on the field. Like there's no reason for that. I completely agree. But again, you know how I said maybe we should have gave a little bit more credit to Nebraska. They their entire offensive line were returning starters. Yeah. Um and that and yeah, they, they, they had 10 returning offensive players. I think 10, I think I read 10. They had 10 returning offensive players. So they're starters. So I don't know. I mean, and you replace how many on our defense, seven. Yeah. Something like that. Eight. So yeah, I mean, you gotta, I mean, what they replaced pretty much everyone as a starter on our defense, right? Outside of Wade and the two linebackers. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the whole line. Um, I mean, you know what? A good chunk of the line gone. Uh, you know, yeah. especially one of them is Chase Young, and then yeah, and one of your or your two quarterbacks were first round I mean, corners. And then you have, uh, I mean, and like we and we've we've sang, uh, you know, Jordan Fuller's praises before. I mean, oh, he he was missed. He I was mean, missed yesterday. He's a he's a much better. I mean, he's not. Uh, he, you don't think of Mike Doss and Nate Sally and a lot of those uh, center field guys and Von Bell and stuff like that. But I mean, you definitely could tell you missed him. I mean, he was just Mr. Consistent. And I mean, he's Jordan, yeah, Jordan Fuller didn't do much wrong. So yeah. I, I think hooker and Proctor, they each have the talent to, to get to where they, you know, can be that they got the upside that, you know, they could be higher draft picks. Then yeah. what? Well, I don't know about Hooker, but Proctor could be a higher draft pick than what Jordan Fuller was. But right now, there's just so much of the intangibles that came with Jordan Fuller that you know you're missing out there on the field, and it was evident yesterday. And it might not be fair to bring that up right now because that is game one for them. But um, yeah, you just you missed it. That's that was definitely. I mean, I, I think the areas that everyone had concerns of showed themselves. You're yeah. a little soft in the middle. Um, things Haskell Garrett, once he actually started, you know, kicking it into gear, it got better. You, yeah, I felt better once he came in. I felt better once he started really to establish himself. And it seemed like they made the defense line look better. I mean, that was kind of, I, I know Nebraska wasn't dropping back and doing a lot of passes, but 
it just seems like they they weren't touching anybody on the line of scrimmage at all. Uh, you know, I mean, I get it. You you lost guys there, but I mean, those are still some heavily recruited players that you know. I mean, you, you got to muck it up some, and you got to right, make yeah. some of those guys work for it a little harder. Where was Zach Harrison yesterday? Uh, his name was called a little bit more in the second half, um, but again, I mean. I didn't see him for the first. I didn't think he was playing the first quarter. So here's, I'm. I was a little disappointed with the ends against the run. To be honest with, like they didn't they didn't seal the edge at all. Yeah, the, and I I'm a little scared when I see that. Like Zach Harrison didn't come in really till the end of the game. Like, do they not feel he can stop the run? Yeah, yeah, they uh. The ceiling of the the corner, the ends were definitely uh, an issue with me. I mean, that, and again, I mean, you're missing the top. I get it. You're missing the number two player, and that. I mean, stuff like that. A lot of people don't realize how good Chase was and stuff like that. I mean, well, the Chase dude always, he always sealed those ends, and mm-hmm. I mean, he was actually better than both Bosa brothers at doing it. Because I remember at times Joey and Nick. You know, that was the one thing that teams kind of got them at times on their over aggressiveness that, uh, you know, Chase was actually really good at that. And oh yeah. Yeah. Chase could almost like he would beat the tackle and then he would just like immediately be there. And he was just kind of like, Hey, where are you going? You know, yeah. like he, he waited for that quarterback to make a move. Yeah. Just cause he had the 17 sacks. He was not always, you know, full tilt, go try to get that quarterback. Like he was a very, very smart defensive end to know, like, don't over pursue things, steal the edge, force everything back to the middle. So I, I was a little disappointed with that. Yeah. Um, now I think the defensive line, we have LJ again, they looked very, they didn't do a lot of blitzing at all yesterday. They looked very vanilla in a lot of spots on defense and, after the first half, they, I mean, they only gave up three points in the whole second half. I mean, they definitely looked a lot better, a lot more sure of themselves in the second half. So, I mean, I think a lot of it fucked up that it's again, first game defenses always seem like they're a little bit behind Nebraska goes right down the field, the opening drive, but those are scripted plays. I mean, Ohio state does it right back to them on their opening drive. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, who, who in their right mind believe Luke McCaffrey is running a counter on the first drive of the game? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, I mean, I, I get it. Some people in Nebraska's, you know, the, some of their uh, media guys said, well, the, both these guys are going to play at the same time, but until you actually see what that looks like, I mean, how, how do you even prepare for something like that? So, I mean, I bet that, yeah, I, I didn't think Luke McCaffrey was <laughs> that elusive of a runner. Like he looked like a running back out there at times. Yeah. So, I, I, mean, know, I, I know they kept commenting that Christian's his older brother and he probably watched some things that he did, but yeah, I, I didn't expect that. I mean, he comes from a football family, you know, he's uh, well-versed in uh, the knowledge of the game. Um, so I think the defensive line, that's going to kind of like what you were saying about the running game until we start seeing it a little bit more, I'm not going to get too worried about it yet. Now, something we have seen a lot of is at times tough Borland looking like he's out of place. And I know I've hard, I know this is our first year doing this. And if we did have done it this for more years, I mean, a lot of people out there would be saying, man, this guy's always on Tuff's case. Cause I, I have been over in Tuff's for, and I don't dislike Tuff. 
Um, but I, I mean, I'm always, I, I know a lot of people are really hard on Pete Warner. Sometimes I don't see that because I mean, Pete makes a lot of plays that I think a lot of people are very blind to. And I wish Pete Warner was our middle linebacker because I think he would, uh, be able to control the field a lot better at times than Puff can. So here's kind of a rebuttal to this is I saw Taraja Mitchell in there for a play that he was tracking down either one of the quarterbacks or running back to the sideline, a sideline pursuit, and he looked slower than Tough Borland. So I'm not, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I, I do see what you're saying that Tough does, he does like quarterbacks when they break that second level. He just, he, he has the hardest time with running quarterbacks sticking just, with them. What we watched yesterday with Penn State, Indiana. I mean, you can't, he cannot be out there when Michael Penix is running. Like, and I like that, like stuff like that makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, that's, we've seen it before. I've, I mean, 18, I know he had the bad Achilles, but Trace McSorley ran past him. I mean, Trevor Lawrence ran past everybody in that, Fiesta Bowl. So no, there's definitely, you know, there's your concern is validated. Tough is not the most athletic linebacker. I just don't know with what you need out of a middle linebacker if we have the guy to replace him right now. If Pete Warner can come defense, but you still got to replace Pete. Now I think Dallas Gantt might be able to do that. Cause yeah. they I know Dallas Gantt has been working in the middle also. So if they think he can stop the run like Pete Warner, then I'd be fine trying that out. You're, you're going to have to try it out though. And here's another thing, and you might be going to this later, but as much as we heard in the off season about how depth was so necessary, we didn't really see them using their depth chart yesterday. No, it didn't seem like that. Um, but again, I mean, some there was so much that was vanilla and stuff like that. Right, that, and we've talked about that, yeah. So I don't I know. Mean, I mean, I think Tuff's probably still your best option because I don't know how what how it affects your team if Pete Warner moves again and now he's your you know your Mike linebacker and not your Will linebacker. If the team gets better, I'm all for it, and maybe they should try it. But I don't know if he's even taking reps like that that he knows how to call a defense like that. Yeah. I think he's been around for a while that he probably has a good familiarity. I mean, he seems like he, he probably understands a lot of that. I know he's, he's been in a, he, they've worked him at different times in the middle because uh, in practice, because I mean, he's kind of like the, he was, I think he was an emergency Mike last year. If they needed him, I think he was kind of, I think he was like third on the depth chart. Uh, the Mike, you know, well, you just give, <laughs> Give tough a chance or, I mean, I don't know. I still want to see Taraja Mitchell, you know, in there for more reps though, even though, cause I, oh, I'm I not sure. I mean, I can't remember. I think it might've been a running play, but it might've been a quarterback run. He might've had a tight end behind him or something that he was trying to, you know, keep the spacing with him in case the quarterback was going to throw the ball. I'm not, I can't really remember it too well. I just remember he looked awfully slow on his pursuit but I mean, people I, I, said he's a stud too. So I don't know. I, I would like to see him get a lot more reps. I definitely. And I liked what I saw yesterday out again. So I, yeah, I hope going good. forward, yeah. I hope going forward, we start seeing him more um, because I mean, that might alleviate, alleviate some of these issues I'm having right now. Um, secondary. Now we didn't see the corners challenge 
um, besides Wade's one. And um, so we're going to be focusing a lot on the safeties and those slot receivers. The one thing I'm going to say about this right now is that I hope, and this one's more on the coaching staff than anything else, I hope that they um, sometimes realize that you have different players now. So if these guys can't run what they ran last year, don't try to force feed it on them. No, and I, I think that's an issue. I don't, I don't think they're built to run that single high safety. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, I, I think they need to get that, that fixed with these, the safeties in the middle of the field. Cause that's going to come back to bite them in the butt. Yeah. I really, and, I, I, I'm not, maybe not in the big 10 schedule, but you know, the better competition at the end of the day, I just, if you, if you got something you're not comfortable with, or you don't have the personnel to run, get this fixed to run what you need to, to be the best team that you can be. And, you know, if you got to go into a base defense where, you know, Marcus Hooker is your free safety and Proctor is your strong safety, go back to what an actual base defense football is. I'm fine with that. If that's going to work better. Absolutely. And, and if they have to do nickel to get a third corner onto the field, fine, whatever. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're missing that Mike linebacker anyway. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think like, you're you're quite okay with that Mike linebacker coming yeah, off the field. Pete Warner and uh, Barrett Browning are uh, are your uh, or Browning are if those are your your linebackers because you have to have five secondary guys out there and that's uh, whatever. I mean, I just don't want them to be like, well, this worked last year. Well, you had. Uh, you had a guy that was in the program for a very long time. And then your other two corners are the number one and two cornerback draft uh, uh, recruits in the country in the same uh, recruiting class. Right. And I mean, both just unbelievable studs. And I mean, and Jordan Fuller. <laughs> yeah. And Jordan Fuller, who is just, I mean, smart as hell. I He's mean, that's your the eraser. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they don't try to don't try to make uh you know what what is they say the you know the round uh round pegs uh, the square pegs fit round holes or whatever it is yeah I mean. right yeah yeah I so, know I, and I agree with that I think I think you do got to give that two two safety look because it's just I don't think again I don't think you have the personnel if you don't have Jordan Fuller on the field I'm not sure you have the personnel to do that. And for that slot corner, I don't know if you're going against teams that especially, well, if you go against teams that are throwing to tight ends, you know, why are you giving that look so much anyways? Like yeah. how Nebraska was going to their tight end so much. I mean, Marcus Williamson, I I'm sure he had a fine game, but I don't know. He, he can't cover those guys. He's just, he's yeah. not big enough. He can't yeah. do it. So yeah, I was, I was a little concerned with, that the safeties and the slot corner in the game. So I, I definitely think you get, there's gotta be some adjustments made to what your base defense look is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the defense, I mean, I'm not, again, I want to see what they look like this week. Um, I think the, my biggest concern is just right now in the middle. I think the defensive line, I've seen enough out of Larry Johnson's defense lines since Larry Johnson has been the, uh, 
been the coach there, they've never had a bad defensive line. So any issue I've had with the defensive line, I think will be fixed going into Penn state. And you know, that they're just, it is what you just chalk it up to what it was. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, Nebraska did some stuff that they were not used to. Um, and I think they probably were a little nervous really getting Haskell Garrett going into the game early because you didn't know how, you know, how he was going to react and be because of all his downtime. And, you know, I mean, the dude was just shot two months ago. I, and I mean, he changed the whole, I mean, he kind of changed the whole deep of the line out. Look, yeah, that's what they need. And those guys, they always feed off ever since LJ has been there. They've always really fed off when one guy has energy, they all get energy. And, you definitely, I saw them all start making plays then. And, you know, I mean, Nebraska didn't have that many drives in the second half. And no. that to me, that is the defensive line. And I know Larry Johnson, especially since he got to Ohio state, cause you know, him and urban just knocked it out of the ballpark on the recruiting trail. But I, I know it's been so much about depth for him that he doesn't want anyone taking, you know, 40, 50 snaps. I saw enough out of Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togia though that I'm I'm comfortable with your starting defensive line that they can give you enough with this offense that you do you do got to develop that depth behind them that guys are ready to step up should they have to later on in the year and they will have to because you guys are going to need breaks I mean you can't be taking 50 60 snaps yeah. a game on the defensive line. Um, but Cage and Antoine Jackson, they still, both of them, I just, I don't know. I just didn't, again, I still didn't see it out of them. Yeah. Um, now on to, um, and then when you look at the back seven, I think it's just what you're doing in the middle of the field with linebackers and not force feeding the whole safety issue. I think they need to co- maybe you need to go back to more of a traditional 4-3 that you have two safeties on the field. One of them can play up into the box. I mean, that is your prototypical strong safety, you know, and then have one back. But, I mean, they got to play this defense like they have two safeties on the field and not three quarters. And if you're going to put three quarters on the field, that's fine. Still give them the two safeties and take a linebacker off the field and play a nickel. Right. Um, so I, I think that's where I'm at with um, the defense. I think the defense will be fine. It's just they need to, again, they need to gel. And we what we've seen, I mean, across the country, we're only starting now seeing defenses start to kind of gel. Some of these schools have been playing for five, six weeks. And, you know, we have only been playing now one. So, I mean, we're going to see some of these issues that we saw some of the, the Alabama have early in the season that, you know, maybe they're going to have now because, it takes a minute to get your defense going normally. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I have confidence in the defense until, cause I, I gave them the same benefit of the doubt in 2018. I gave them the same benefit of the doubt last year. Cause if you remember, you know, Oregon state has a one or two huge touchdowns in 2018. If you remember, we give up like 24 points or something like that to FAU last year. So both years I gave the defense the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 2018, it never really came around. 2019, they were one of the best defenses in the country. So you you don't know. I mean, you need to get these guys. They need to gel together. They need to get their reps in game. They haven't played that and, much. So. And I definitely think them having that, that getting punched in the face on that second touchdown drive, that kind of woke them up because I'm sure, I'm sure the coaches were in their faces about that because as oh, a yeah. fan, if I, 
if I'm embarrassed by that, I can only imagine what that was like because I mean that was that was one of the worst defensive drives I've ever actually seen. Actually, a team drive the ball on them. Yeah, you normally don't get that. No, yeah, that. Ohio State usually doesn't have issues where they can't tackle people and they're just getting run over. So yeah, against- I, I'm sure that I'm sure they did wake up a little bit after that one. And that's even against teams that have comparable talent to them. That normally there's not a lot of drives that stick out of your mind. Being like, man, that team just went on a ten play drive and just uh, ran the ball right down their throats. Right. Well, it's never running the ball down their throats. I mean, I I've seen teams beat them. You know, spread teams or the hurry up offenses beat them down the field with short passes and maybe mix in a, you know, draw or run up the middle here and there. Cause the defense is spread out, but now you don't power teams don't do that to Ohio state. Yeah. All right. And then I just, I think we uh, just kind of want to finish up on uh, two last things. I would say the controversial things of uh, yesterday. So we'll start with the easy one first. Um, Ryan day apologized for scoring that last touchdown. He said, if he would have to do it over again, uh, he would take a knee. Um, obviously, we're coming from it from a much more biased viewpoint than uh, than maybe other people. But I mean, I didn't necessarily have an issue with it. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. You call he they called seven running plays in a row. You had your you know your second or third string quarterback, however you want to feel about it. You had a walk on running back. You had five new linemen, probably none of the starting receivers were in there. So I stop them. Like, I mean, yeah. Jack Miller is not known as a running quarterback and he ran, he had like a 20 yard rush on there. It might even been more than that. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see the need to apologize. I mean, that's nice of Ryan day. I, I think it was uh Tom or I was listening to earlier was like, you know, just in case the big 10 ever decides to cancel again, it, you need to keep those allies of yours. But I don't, I don't think it was necessary to apologize. And I don't think Ohio State was wrong for doing it. Yeah. It was just, they, think, ran, they ran easy plays to stop. Like, Yeah. And I think that's kind of what kind of gets lost to it. What I, I, I don't, and he probably got just caught up in his, I mean, he was trying to run the clock out. I mean, it, Jack Miller doesn't have that huge run. I mean, this is not even discussed the game. At, right. And, and, that, I, and I also think, you know, a fourth and one, down towards the goal line that's kind of that's a confusing spot to be for a young quarterback too and that's just with that little time left in the game i think it's just it was a confusing call for everybody like yeah i mean if he had to do it over he says he would kneel it i just i don't see the difference either way i don't think it was a big deal yeah yeah that's how i feel now on to the more uh controversial issues we've we've kind of talked about targeting you know throughout the, on different shows but we've never really gotten in, in depth on them um, so Nebraska had two targeting calls yesterday against them. Now, in a sense, I'm okay with one of them, the second of the two. I was less okay with the first one. Now, where I will stick up for Nebraska, I don't think either one of them should have been injected from the game. There was no malintent on either one of those targeting penalties. Yeah. I mean, the second one did leave his feet, though. You can't do that. So, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, he he went up he went high. I know Joel Klatt was saying that he was doing everything he could to go low. He went high. I mean, he was above the guy's neck, Smith and Jigba. He was above his neck. So I don't have any, I don't really have an issue with that. I think that was definitely the more egregious of the two. Um, now the first one, my only thing is it's like, it's still 
football. You have to tackle somebody. Yeah. So the only play the guy had because he got himself out of position was his head there. And it's unfortunate, but what you're supposed to let you know, steel chambers, you know, run down the field on you. You got to make yeah. a play there. So yeah. that's, so that what, was the one that I didn't. And I understand. Cause that was like, that's textbook. Cause he lowered his head and it went head to head, but I just, I don't know what else you want him to do in that situation. So I had a little bit of issue with um, that defender getting kicked out of the game. I think that was that DiCaprio Boodle. Yeah, I believe so. And I mean, they're down two defensive backs going into Wisconsin now. Now, who knows if Graham Mertz is going to play or not, because we learned today that he had one positive COVID test. So if he gets another one, he might be done for three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, from what we're hearing, he's uh, still waiting that second test, the confirmation test, to whether it's legit or not. Um, now, on the targeting, I think we both are in the same agreement when they come to Now, the second one was more egregious, but I don't think that – I've always said that kind of what they do in the NBA, so they have flagrant ones and flagrant twos. Flagrant ones are, yeah, you were out of line for what you did, but you didn't have, you weren't trying to basically quote unquote, kill the guy. <laughs> like, and that's right. what a flag, flagrant two is. Um, and I think that's what they should do. Targeting one, targeting two, yellow card, red card. I don't care how you want to, how you want to call it. Cause I've heard some people say, you know, they should do a yellow card, red card system like they do in soccer. I mean, that's fine. I'm I don't fine care. with that. And that's what I got into. This is actually a couple of weeks ago. I got into argument after that Miami game that the kid got kicked out against Cle or cause he um, speared Trevor Lawrence, you know, with his head to the gut. And I was like, in no sport do we kick people out for poor fundamentals. It's just, that's not a thing. Like, yeah, you, we are all, you know, if you played football, you're trained how to form tackle. It's not that they're not trained. It's not that they're being dangerous and they want to hurt somebody. Well, it's, I mean, these other sports to make plays outside of hockey, which, you know, I don't watch enough hockey to give you an honest breakdown if people get kicked out for poor form in hockey or not. I mean, hell, they let people actually have fist fights in hockey. So I'm kind of doubting that that's a thing, but there's no other sport that it's like, okay, well, you did something wrong. You weren't perfect on this. So we got to kick you out. I understand that it's because it's dangerous for people, but the whole thing in football, how you stop someone from offensively moving against you is to physically bring them to the ground. So sometimes you have to use any means necessary. It's not that you're being dangerous or malicious. Just sometimes that's how your body goes. If you have to, if you have to leave your feet to sack somebody, I mean, that's a time situation. You can't yeah. always just say, well, I got to go in, you know, lower my whole body and drive up through the hips. Like sometimes you got to dive to go get somebody. And sometimes yeah. you, you can't control where your head goes. So that's why I, I just, I have the biggest issue with this. And this guy on, he, he was arguing with me. He's like, well, you know, basketball, they kick people off for poor form. It's like, we all know what a flagrant two looks like. Yeah. Like the, it's very obvious when you're trying to take someone's head off or when you're trying to injure them when they're about to score. So don't, don't come at me with that weak nonsense. Cause and, I and mean, Sean Wade should not have been kicked out. That Miami kid should have been kicked out. I don't think that cornerback should have been kicked out. I don't think either of those Nebraska guys should have been kicked out. Yeah. Uh, I think Maybe the guy that tackled Chris Olave. I mean, I think in, uh, when we look at football, I mean, I think we've seen legitimate, uh, you know, 
targeting what what would be considered a targeting too. I mean, and I've they seen don't, people people don't do it as much anymore. I've seen people try to legitimately hurt somebody, and right. it's like that stuff doesn't. I mean, I haven't any of those guys you just mentioned. I don't. I didn't see it on any of them. On um, these two kids in Nebraska, I would say those are both just targeting ones. They should get it. Should be a fifteen yard penalty. Or, you know, maybe come up with something more creative. I don't know. Make, maybe make it a 15-yard penalty or it's a spot foul if it happens down the field like they do in NFL for pass interference. Maybe if, if it happens 20 yards down the field, well, it's a 20, you get the 20 yards then. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, you remember the Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago when Joey Bosa gets kicked out real early in the game. Yeah, he's, that was. He's a- tackling Deshaun Kaiser, and the only thing that, it's just like the Trevor Lawrence one. The only thing that initiates that contact with the crown of the helmet is because the quarterback changed his positioning and hit the top of their helmet. Yeah. So, yeah, I I hate you don't see the targeting as much anymore that, you know, what the rule was created for. But the fact that you have to try to encompass every time that you lower your head and you make a bad tackle, I'm just I'm so against that. And the actually the part about it that pisses me off the most is it's such an inconsistent call. I mean, people tackle helmet down first, like on every single play, Yeah, you know, that's, you don't want oh, to do it. Don't give them helmets. You barely ever seen a call against. I mean, I, I, surprised it against the running backs. I mean, I was surprised still chamber was, was that on a running play or was that a, did he catch a pass? I mean, that was a running play, right? I feel like it was. I mean, I don't think he caught a pass. I think he was all he had all all his things were run. So I mean, you hardly ever. I mean, that might be that might be one of the first times I've ever seen it on a running back. I mean, you hardly ever seen it on the running back. You know, on receivers, I've seen things like some people say that a receiver is no longer defenseless when they make uh, you know when they make a uh, a football move. But I've seen kids kicked out of the game for that, like. And the whole neck or shoulder thing is not supposed to count anymore. It's supposed to be at that point. It's only when you go after somebody with the crown of the head oh, right. when they're no that's, longer. So yeah, that, it's and, like, and that's what happened though, was because he lowered, he made contact with Steel Chambers by lowering the crown of his helmet, which yeah. running backs do it all the time, and I, I mean defenders do it all the time too. So if you can't consistently enforce the rule, why is it there? Why is it just there to? kick people out you know in the most crucial times of games yeah yeah exactly um so yeah i mean that's where i've kind of been on this whole thing that they need they didn't drastically just change it and it just becomes a simple and it could still be reviewed after every time and then let the replay booth make it all right I don't think there was malintent. It, it is targeting by our rules but i don't think he was trying to do anything there was no uh uh him just you know trying to hurt the guy so it's a targeting one he gets one more and you know and i and another thing is i I would change the on targeting one i would say unless it happens in the fourth quarter they shouldn't be have any and they should only and they should only have to sit out the first quarter of the next game to me the first three quarters if you get kicked out at any point it should just be for that game like yeah, I know. Why are you missing the first half of the next game if you get kicked out the first series of the third quarter? Like that's yeah, that that's something that should have been revisited a long time ago. How does that make any sense? Like yeah. you should not have to miss a whole game 
because you got ejected from one, you know, because you got ejected from a game does not mean that it has to be made fair. And because you got ejected in the second half, you it goes into your next game. Like, I mean, you could go up and punch a guy probably in the face and you don't get kicked out for the one game. You want to get kicked out for the next one by rule. That would be yeah. like the, the school's punishment of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't, I, I don't agree with that at all either. So if you get kicked out in the fourth quarter, I think you should only miss the first quarter of the next game. And after that, if you miss anything in the first three, first three quarters, it should just be for that game. And that's it. Honestly, <clears throat> I mean, if they want to make it right, if I think if they make it so they're all reviewed by the NCAA or something, if it's that second half one where it, if, if it's just because the kid made a bad tackle and lowered his head, they get to choose that that person gets, you know, kicked out going into the next game or not. If it's something egregious that they came and they threw a forearm at a dude's face that was going up for a ball, yeah, that's fine. Kick him out for the first half of the next game, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's that. there's just there's got to be solutions. Just saying, well, no, this is making the game safer. We're not going to revisit it. It's, I just, I don't, that's not acceptable because you're getting, kids are getting punished. Like, I mean, that, that cornerback was in tears. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. nobody should be getting kicked out of a game for tackling somebody. Yeah. Well, is there any uh, anything else you wanted to hit on? Uh, I mean, I hit on all the, the big points I wanted to hit on for tonight. I mean, anything else you want to throw in there? No, I just, I mean, again, I don't think we're going to see many teams use a quarterback as a running back against us moving forward. So, um, now anything you really wanted to talk about, I, I want to talk about also, I was surprised that they couldn't get Wandale Robinson more involved in the offense. That was a little, um, shocking to me that they didn't try, you know, to get him going more. Like I said, I don't know, maybe Nebraska just figured that they were going to lose going into the game. I know they have a very proud fan base, so they might not want to admit that. I hope they don't get offended by me saying that, but they didn't, they didn't really show us a lot. I just, I can't imagine moving forward that their entire offense is going to be based around two quarterbacks running the ball. Like it's not even different skill set quarterbacks. I don't think they purposely were. I mean, I mean, I know you're not meaning this. I don't think that their mindset was, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to definitely lose this game. I honestly, I think both teams are just very vanilla because they, it's just, to me, it showed uh, two teams that didn't really, uh, they didn't have a lot of true practice time to prepare for another team. And so there's it's kind of like in those first couple of rounds of a boxing match or there was a lot of dancing in that game uh, you know yeah. i mean Ohio state won on the they just they were the better boxers so they won on the cards by yeah, you know they I were mean, maybe scott even Frost, maybe state, thought he could play keep away from ohio state with the running backs you know kind of like trick just the they weren't really trick plays but, but you know what i'm saying like that ohio yeah. state wasn't having a lot of success r- stopping them from running so maybe he was doing his own version of the option just speeding the game along and keeping the ball out of our hands i don't know yeah but now right. i mean nothing else really for me to touch on you went over everything all right sounds good i think we'll uh we'll sign off here uh call it a night uh just want to remind everybody to Subscribe to all of our channels. Uh, we hit a couple of milestones this week for us. I mean, I know in the, the grand scheme of things, this doesn't sound like uh, spectacular when you compare it against uh, some of the sites that have been around for a long time. But uh, we went over 500 Twitter followers and 100 YouTube subscribers. So we're stoked about both of those things. So uh, yep. keep on uh, 
liking our stuff across everything and subscribing to us and following us, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, the podcast networks, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you know, all the major ones. And uh, we uh, enjoy feedback. We got a lot of, I got, we got a lot of different things on uh, some of our things that we shared this week uh, from uh, talking about the game. So keep comments coming. Uh, we like hearing about that. Uh, some of the thought process of uh, where we put the show together tonight was off some of the stuff that uh, we got on some Twitter questions and some yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Thoughts, we threw so. some uh, feelers out there and we got some good responses. So definitely guys, you know, after the games or before them, you guys want our opinion on just teams or, you want to bring up the conversation of what the team can improve on or, you know, what they do well, of course, you know, just send us a, send us that content. We're going to, we'll talk about it here. Yeah. And uh, we got Penn state. We'll have, we'll have a show later on in the week uh, to talk about the Penn state game. Uh, so we look forward to that. Uh, best, as Urban Meyer used to say, the best thing about going one and zero is the opportunity to be going two and oh, so Buckeyes one 52, 17. And, we're going to sign off for tonight. So thank you for coming out and uh, enjoying the show. And uh, we look forward to the show later in the week for Penn State. All right, guys. I'm John. I'm Mike. OH. And I O. See you later.